Hello and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Christian Chick podcast. It's your girl Amanda and we are back with another Thursday, another episode, another week in Women's History Month and you guys know what we're doing. We are celebrating and learning from amazing women in the Bible. Before I get started, I just want to check in, see how you guys are doing. I hope all is well. I hope you've been keeping safe. We are one year into the pandemic and we really just give God glory. You know, we give God glory that despite everything that has gone on, here we are today. I'm excited because March is almost over. And you know, with March almost being over, that means spring is coming. And then boom, summer is gonna be here before we know it. The only thing that I'm a little bit upset about are these allergies. Like, I don't know about y'all, but my allergies are kicking in like crazy. I feel like every year my allergies get worse and worse, but um, I don't know, it is what it is. Allergies, if you live um, like in the UK, I think it's called like hay fever. Um, so that's what I'm talking about. I got the itchy eyes, the itchy throat, the runny nose. And you know, nowadays when you had a, when you have a runny nose, people are staying away from you because everybody gonna think you have the Rona. So that's what's been, that's what I've been dealing with these past few days and weeks. But besides that, again, I hope you guys are all doing well. So today I have another amazing woman that is in the Bible, of course. And, um, you know, I, when I always think about the woman I want to do, sometimes I have a little bit of trouble narrowing it down because although there aren't many women in the Bible, like I've said before, the women that are there have such impactful stories. Like if you actually pay attention to them, almost every woman that's mentioned has like a really impactful story. And I'm always like, who should I do? I want to do all of them, but obviously there's not that many weeks in March. We really only have four weeks and I just have to narrow it down. So today I am talking about a woman and in her story, there's another woman that's directly attached to it. I'm not speaking that much on the other woman, but I'm speaking on the main woman and I'm going to give you guys a little pop quiz. So she is a prophetess. She's a judge. She's a military leader, also known as the mother of Israel. So I'll give you five seconds. Well, actually, I might not be able to because the title of this episode might be her name. But yeah, I'm talking about Deborah in the Bible. Her story is found in Judges chapter four and also Judges chapter five. I'm only going to be reading Judges chapter four just so we can get some context. And then I'll break down what I learned from her story and then you can also break down what you learn from her story, as well as the other woman that's going to be mentioned here. So again, I'm reading from Judges chapter four. I'm going to read the whole chapter. And one thing I noticed is that before when I used to read, I didn't tell you guys what Bible version I was reading from. I really do apologize for that. I am reading from the NLT, the New Living Translation, in case you just want to follow along. All right, so here goes. It says, after Ehud's death, the Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazor, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera, 
who lived in Harasher Hagoyim. Sisera had 900 iron chariots, ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet who was judging Israel at the time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would go to her for judgment. Verse 6. One day she sent for Barak, son of Abinam, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Nephitali. She said to him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Nephitali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor. And I will call out Sisera, commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors, to the Kishon River. There, I will give you victory over him. Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied. I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. At Kadesh, Barak called together the tribes of Zebulun and Nephitali, and 10,000 warriors went up with him. Deborah also went with him. Now Heber the Kenite, a descendant of Moses' brother-in-law, Hobab, had moved away from the other members of his tribe and pitched his tent by the oak of Zanamim near Kadesh. When Sisera was told that Barak, son of Abinam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, he called for all 900 of his iron chariots and all his warriors. They marched from Haroseth Hagoyim to the Kishon River. Then Deborah said to Barak, get ready. This is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera, for the Lord is marching ahead of you. So Barak led his 10,000 warriors down the slopes of Mount Tabor into battle. When Barak attacked, the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and warriors into a panic. Sisera leaped down from his chariot and escaped on foot. Then Barak chased the chariots and the enemy army all the way to Haroshit Hagoyim, killing all of Sisera's warriors. Not a single one was left alive. Meanwhile, Sisera ran to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Canaanite because Heber's family was on friendly terms with King Jabin of Hazor. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, come into my tent, sir, come in, don't be afraid. So he went into her tent and she covered him with a blanket. Please give me some water, he said, I'm thirsty. So she gave him some milk from a leather bag and covered him again. Stand at the door of the tent, he told her. If anybody comes in and asks you if there's anyone here, say no. But when Cicera fell asleep from exhaustion, Jael quietly crept up to him with a hammer and tent peg in her hand. Then she drove the tent peg through his temple and into the ground, and so he died. When Barak came looking for Cicera, Jael went out to meet him. She said, come and I will show you the man you are looking for. So he followed her into the tent and found Sisera lying there dead with the tent peg through his temple. So on that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king. 
And from that time on, Israel became stronger and stronger against King Jabin until they finally destroyed him. Now, that story is something else. I mean, all the stories in the Old Testament are something else. I don't know about y'all, but the Old Testament people, they, man, I can't even, I can't even describe what kind of people those are. Like the New Testament is calm. You know, we got Jesus by now. Things are just a little bit more calm. But the Old Testament people just be cutting up. They always into something. But as y'all can see, two women played a major, major role in saving the Israelites. Again, again, like again, two women played a major role. And that is worth noting. We can't just skim over these stories and just like, oh, okay, yeah, the Israelites defeated the king that was oppressing them. Like, why though? We need to, we need to discuss why and how it happened. So first I'm going to start with Deborah because she is the main person I want to highlight. The first thing that we learn about Deborah is that she is a judge. Being a judge in any time I don't think it's easy. It takes a lot of work. Number one, to be a judge, you have to be wise. Like you just have to be wise because really the future of people's lives is almost in your hands to a certain extent. You have to be able to make wise and informed decisions. And imagine a woman being a judge back then. When I was looking it up and reading more into it, she was the only judge at that time and she was a female. That's a huge deal because Back then, females were not really put in positions like that. I mean, even today, in this day and age, we still see women that are the first to do specific things. It's like, oh, the first person to do this, the first woman to do that. And it's like, wow, like, one would think everything has already been done by everyone. But no, there are women still breaking barriers today. So imagine how much more women have that we are going to do. You know, so I think it's huge to note that she has to have been highly respected for her to be in a position where she could be a judge. Now, again, to be a judge, you need to be wise. You also need to be a good listener. You're not going to be able to make a decision over someone's case if you're not truly listening to them. And I think that's something that I struggle with. I'll speak for myself. I don't know about you guys, but there are times where I am simply listening only to respond. I'm not truly digesting what the person is saying and seeing their perspective. And I think a woman of God is, you know, a good listener. There's something I'm practicing. I know you guys have heard it before, like, oh, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth for, for a reason, for us to listen more than we speak. And that's something that we should all begin to put into practice. Deborah had to have been a good listener for her to be in a position where she can judge over the issues that people were bringing to her. Another thing that we learned from Deborah is that she was a prophetess. Now, I'm not saying that all of us are um, prophets, but one thing I do know is that God speaks to all of us individually. We can hear directly from God if we choose to seek him. He will speak. And that's one thing that I took away from the story. She was able to hear what God said clearly and give clear instruction to Barak. You know, God is not stingy. If you seek him, you will hear from him. So hearing from God 
was so important for this specific story as well. So what I quickly learned from Deborah is not only is she good at listening to other people, she's good at listening to God. God gave her the instruction to send for Barak. And it was sending for Barak that prompted him to bring out his army and really basically go and fight Sisera, the main person that had a hand in oppressing the Israelites. So I learned that not only does she listen from God, not only does she listen to God, she also is obedient to his word. Because truly, depending on the category you're in, not all of us struggle with hearing from God. Some of us hear from God very clearly, but we're just not obedient in what he tells us to do. So imagine Deborah would have gotten this message from God, but she never told Barak. You know, would the Israelites still be getting oppressed by the king? Who knows? We know that God could always raise someone else up, but she clearly could have been like, yeah, God, I hear you, and then never do what she was told to do. Another thing I learned from Deborah is that she's able to step up to the plate when she needs to. I say that because after she gave Barack the instructions, he told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Now, that can be translated two ways. Either he's testing to see that what she said was truly said by God, right? Because it's like, if it wasn't said by God, she, won't, she may not be willing to go because she doesn't want to put her life at risk. Or it could be that she is so well-respected or he actually just sees her as someone that can get the job done. Whatever it is, she still stepped up to the plate. She didn't back down. She didn't say, oh, no, I'm not going to go. That's none of my business. Y'all go ahead and tell me how it goes. No, she didn't say any of that. She was like, I'll go. But let me tell you this very clearly. You will receive no honor for this venture. For the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. Now, when she said that, most people thought she may have been talking about herself. But as we see when we read further, she was actually talking about JL. So again, that goes back to her being able to be a prophet, hear from God, and discern what he's saying to her. As we read on, we see that, yes, they actually did go. And Sisera actually called his warriors. They met up. God was able to give them victory over the Sisera's warriors. But as we can see, Sisera himself was able to escape. And that's where our good sis, JL, comes in. Now, we don't know too much about JL. Um, we're not really given a lot of background story about her. But we see that sis does not play. She does not play. So at this point, Cicera has escaped and he's run away. He ran to the tent where JL was staying in. And it tells us that she's the wife of Heber. Now, when Cicera pulled up to JL's tent, she had the option to get into a panic and begin screaming, oh my goodness, Cicera is here. Somebody help me. Come get him. Is this the man y'all looking for? No, she didn't do none of that. She played it calm. She was wise, a woman of wisdom. All of these women seem to have such a special wisdom to know how to act in a time of trouble. Because I don't know about y'all, but I probably would have been panicking. I'd have been like, oh my goodness, this man is here. He could kill me. But no, she didn't do that. She invited him in. She made him very comfortable, calm, and relaxed. 
right? The first thing she did was that she gave him a blanket. Then he asked for some water, but sis gave him some milk. <laughs> like she get, you need some milk, right? Take this milk. After that, we see that he got tired and he fell asleep. <laughs> the worst mistake he could have made. But that was only able to happen because JL remained calm. She used wisdom and she acted accordingly. And I think us as women can always, always learn from that. We've read it so many times, women knowing how to act in you know, last minute situations, knowing how to get the job done. It's so imperative that we can do that. And that's exactly what she did. After he fell asleep, she went in and she handled it. Period, she handled it. The word that Deborah had said earlier that the victory will be at the hands of a woman truly came to pass. So we know Deborah's legit. We know JL don't play. And we know that these two women, again, changed the course of the generations to come for the Israelites. Simply because they are fearless women who don't back down, who use wisdom and who follow the instructions of the Lord. I don't know about y'all, but that's a lot for me to learn. That's a lot for me to model. Of course, I'm not saying y'all to be out here killing people. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I mean, it happens in the Bible. So we don't need to tiptoe around it. It's something that happened. What I'm trying to extract is the fact that how to handle situations when they come up, even if you hadn't planned them. So those are the two women that I'm highlighting today. I hope you've learned from them. I hope maybe if you read this story or if you've read it before, maybe you got different insight than I got, which is fine right? We are all just trying to learn. So that's the main thing, learning and applying it to our lives. But with that being said, again, I have, again, I've been so happy to celebrate this month, to celebrate women. Maybe next year we won't do only women in the Bible, but I feel like let's start with these women first. Let's see what we can learn from them first before we go out to other women. So that's all I have for you guys today. Please feel free to follow Confessions of a Christian Chick on Instagram or send an email to confessions of the Christian chick at gmail.com and I will catch you guys next week.